Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation. What you're about to hear is a program that is geared more for parents than it is for young children. In fact, if you have any kids listening with you right now, you might want to go straight to our website at homeward.com so you can review the program on your own. Good communication and friendship is the key to great sex. That's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? Austria. Austria! <laughs> well then, <laughs> good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. I'm Jim Burns. Well, physical intimacy in marriage can be one of the most beautiful expressions of communication a married couple will ever experience. However, it can also be a source of frustration as well. Well, the media would like you to believe that physical intimacy between a couple is easy and it happens in virtually no time at all, almost like cooking with a microwave attitude towards sex and sexuality. But that's not what God intended it to be. True sexual intimacy is deliberate, patient, intentional, and relational. If you and your spouse want to do a better job in the area of physical intimacy, well, I'm glad you tuned in to Homeward today because relationship expert Dr. Gary Smalley is with us along with his pastor, Ted Cunningham. And we're going to discuss why they believe that experiencing intimacy in a marriage should begin outside the bedroom. So keep it right here for a frank and biblical conversation about experiencing the beauty of sexual intimacy. That's right here on Homeward. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University. Welcome to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. A very special day on Homeward. Dr. Gary Smalley with us and his pastor, Ted Cunningham. We're talking about experiencing the beauty of sexual intimacy and was just announced. You want to be careful with little kids quite possibly because we're going to talk about it in a very blunt, honest, and, well, biblical way. Gary's written 28 books Combined over 6 million copies sold today. He's the president and founder of the Smalley Relationship Center. He has appeared on Oprah, Larry King Live. You know this man. He has, I think, influenced families and marriages to probably a greater extent than any Christian human being alive right now. It's a pleasure to have Gary with us. And Ted, founding pastor of Woodland Hills Community Church in Branson, Missouri, speaker with the Smalley Relationship Center, married for 11 plus years to Amy, and they have two children. Welcome to our program. Thanks, Jim. Hey, thanks for having us. Great to be with you all. You know, the Bible talks more about making a baby than raising one, (laughs) which is just amazing to me. Now, Gary, was it awkward for you at all to sit down with your pastor and co-write a book on sex? I mean, you guys have written a book, The Language of Sex, and you wrote it with your pastor. Any awkward moments there? (laughs) Only a few. (laughs) He's actually a lot more blunt than than anyone I've ever had uh, as a pastor. I've I've been thrilled with his honesty and his openness and his excitement to get this message out to the church. Well, you know, it's a new generation, too. I'm very excited about the healthy way we're talking about sexuality. I mean, after all, God created sex. He's, well, he's, in, yeah, he's in his mid-30s, so that, you know, this is, he's just alive. He has a gorgeous wife. <laughs> yeah, so. Amen. Yeah. Now, you give an equation that uh, will help lead people to the best sex lives, and you say honor, security, and intimacy um, equals better sex. Talk about that. Well, you know, we teach that sex is not something you go right after. There's a lot of books being written right now on having more sex. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've seen the books where 
journalists have gone a hundred days straight with with having sex with their wives, and uh, one guy even did one where he did an experiment for a full year. And we teach that you're not going to fix sexual intimacy with sex. Uh, you're going to fix it by focusing on the relational aspects. We make it very clear, and people know we're not medical doctors. So we come at it from the valuing of the relationship and esteeming each other is highly valuable. I think that the men who are listening today, if they realize that, that and this is a totally different subject, but it illustrates what we're saying, uh, when a person wants to make more money, we've learned in life that the greatest way to make money is it's a, it's a byproduct. The better you are at serving, every job is serving, the better you become at doing it and really become an expert at serving the public in a quality way with a quality product, then life seems to reward you with more and more money. And so, but but let's say you're a school teacher. Well, then if you decide to stay, if you become a great uh, servant as a teacher, you're going to be promoted or you stay as a teacher, but your rewards are going to be greater than even money. So you're going to get rewarded. And so we're, we're saying that if you are concentrating on honor and safety and intimacy, those produce the satisfaction yeah. sexually because the average man thinks, well, I'm turned on. I, my wife will respond right. to me. No, she won't respond unless you're building something yeah. ahead of time. Becoming a great server, which is honor, safety, and intimacy. So, and then, then it's exciting to get into what each of those sure. mean. Yeah. Well, you know what's fascinating, even when you say that, is that these books that you talked about earlier, Ted. You know, they talk about technique. Right. But really, it is yeah. the the honor, or the right. safety, the security. Exactly. Right. You know, of a of a relationship, and, and then obviously that brings intimacy. It's not the technique. Exactly. The, the average man thinks that romance is candlelight, flowers, a, a beautiful restaurant, violins. That has nothing to do with romance. Romance is a hundred percent safety. Yeah. And we're so dumb as men that we think if a dozen roses didn't create intimacy, we better buy (laughs) two dozen roses, and we realize we get the same effect. Now, you say that sex is actually an indicator reflecting the overall health of a marriage, and yet when you see the statistics, you know, some couples feel very good about, uh, and they have a healthy sexual relationship, you know, only a few times within a month, and other times it is, you know, much more often. Mm -hmm. Talk about that, how it's an indicator of overall health in your marriage. Well, the the story I like to use... I like to use that I'm seeing happen so often in marriages coming into the pastor's office, the counseling office, that there's a lot of pressure even on wives today for performance. And and, and even to the extent where guys are trying to bring pornography into their marriage, thinking this will create the the sex drive in her and get her excited. And I just really warn, you know, ladies, that that is not the fix, (laughs) that don't go in that direction. The direction is in creating the intimacy and sex being a barometer, I, I just that's a word picture Gary's used for about 20 years, and it just really clicked with me because you're not going to fix your relational problems with sex, but sex is going to be a byproduct of yeah. focusing on that relationship. No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Right, and if, and if the sexual relationship, if she's not responding or he's not responding, then you know something's missing, and the average couple doesn't know what's missing. And 90% of the time is that they both feel unsafe with each other. Probably the key to it, and this is a book I finished last year, but it's called Change Your Heart, Change Your Life. And the key to it is that when we believe that the sexual experience 
is something that just happens naturally. And that, that when a couple gets married, they think, well, this is, I mean, we're going to, this is never going to be a problem. Right. And it is a problem if they don't understand what's beneath it, what's, what causes it to come alive. And so that if the sexual relationship is not going well, don't think to yourself, well, let's, let's just talk to each other about it and we'll figure out how we can have it more often. No, it happens as a byproduct. And if a man hears that, it's a reflection of the rest of the relationship. So a man needs to say to himself, she's not responding to me, so what's missing? We're going to say 90% of the time it's she doesn't feel safe in the sense of he's trying to remake her He's trying to change her so he can be happier. And that's so far from the truth because the only person he can change is himself. Yeah. So anyway, it's a, it's a byproduct. Yeah, and that, and that makes a lot of sense. Now, yeah. you, you mentioned something that I think is interesting because a lot of times when couples, I'll do pre-marriage counseling and you know they are ready to go and mm-hmm. whatever. But as time goes on, sometimes the chemistry fades. So they're, the engines are not revved up as much. What advice do you give to somebody where, you know, the chemistry is just simply, they're saying it's not there anymore. A lot of people, they don't want to get a divorce per se. They just are kind of settling for second best when it comes to their sexuality, when it comes to their, to their marriage. Yeah, we started focusing on security, and I have no problem as a pastor sharing with the folks listening that uh, we are not once or twice a month now. Mm-hmm. The frequency has increased, but not because we went and said, we got to start having more sex, because we said, we're going to start focusing on changing ourselves. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Great conversation today here on Homework. It certainly is. Gary Smalley and Ted Cunningham have joined Dr. Jim Burns in studio today at the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University. And we're talking about experiencing the beauty of sexual intimacy in your marriage. And uh, they have written a number of materials on this, uh, this resource. Actually, Jim talks about it, too, in a lot of his writings. And if you want to learn more about this important topic, we encourage you to visit our online resource center today at Homeward.com. Go to the Articles and Media section and just type in the keywords Intimacy and Marriage, and you'll find more materials on this subject. Before we continue, let's turn our attention to Dr. Jim Burns' recommended resource. And Jim, today we're looking at the way we use our words as instruments of healing and hope, and that's something that we parents especially have to be mindful of because sometimes we don't do that. You're, you're exactly right. And it's always not easy to do, especially because a sinner is married to another sinner if yeah. they're married, and then they're sinnerlings, and you, know, you kind of run into this whole thing. Yeah. I really appreciate David Tim's new book. It's called The Power of Blessing, and he explores the timeless teaching of Jesus in the Beatitudes, and I love anything that has the Beatitudes. And it helps us understand how we can speak potential into the life of people, as well as the potential to either build up or tear down the ones we love. And uh, I'm looking at it as how to improve communication in your marriage, how to improve a stronger bond with your kids. So I'm highly recommending this book. I like this book a lot. Well, the full title of the book is The Power of Blessing, How a Carefully Chosen Word Changes Everything. It's written by David Timms. It is Dr. Jim Burns' recommended resource for the remainder of this month, and you can learn more at homeward.com. Of course, the book is available wherever Christian books are sold, and it's from Bethany House Publishers. What you're about to hear is a program that is geared more for parents than it is for young children. In fact, if you have any kids listening with you right now, you might want to go straight to our website at homeward.com so you can review the program on your own. Well, achieving great sex comes from honoring your spouse, developing security, and cultivating intimacy in a marriage. And I can't think of two people who can better 
qualify to discuss this than Dr. Gary Smalley, Pastor Ted Cunningham, experiencing the beauty of sexual intimacy is what we're talking about today. Gary Smalley has written numerous books, sold over six million copies. I think one of the foremost people in the world on marriage and on relationship issues. He's the president and founder of Smalley Relationship Center. He has appeared on uh, many national television programs like Oprah, uh, Larry King Live, NBC Today, etc., etc. He's been married to Norma for over 39 years. They live in Branson. His pastor, Ted Cunningham, is the pastor of Woodland Hills Community Church in Branson, Missouri, a speaker for the Smalley Relationship Center, married to Amy with two children. Here we are having a conversation about sexuality, and yet we're not talking about technique. We're talking about things like honoring and security. Now, you have a few guidelines for cultivating security. And one of the things you were talking about, Ted, right before the break was a lot of times we tend to have low-level anger at each other. And that really does relate to the sexuality, but it also relates in a bigger way probably to security. What are some of these uh, ways that you can kind of guard your heart to when it comes to security? And how do you, what are some of the guidelines that you'd give our listeners? Well, the first thing is to call a timeout. And I'm a classic withdrawal guy. Okay, so the two common reactions to anger or fighting or conflict is fight or flight. I'm flight. My wife is fight. So she escalates. You know, the average woman uses about 20,000 words a day. The average man uses about 7,000 words. And so when she's feeling disconnected from me, she raises her word count. Why? Typical man looks at that and goes, you're controlling me. And so we run (laughs) to the other room and she follows me into the other room. And so she's going, going to town, going to town. Well, what we've had to do is start to call a timeout. And it usually takes about 30 minutes to where, now this is for somebody who chooses to take personal responsibility. This is for somebody who chooses to own what's going on in their heart rather than blaming their mate, which is the key to security. I have drawn a line in the sand. I am no longer ever again going to blame you for the source of all of our marriage problems. Because what we say is if, if your husband is the source of all of your marriage problems and he is also the solution, then you, the clinical term is you're stuck. Okay, so you're, you can't go anywhere. So it usually took Amy and I about 30 minutes for, it, for to calm down, to take deep breaths, to relax, to pray, to own before the Lord. Hey, you know, this is my deal. I'm, I'm feeling controlled. This is no longer her issue. What's amazing for us now is it, it we're down to about five minutes. And probably over four years, it's gone from 30 minutes to five minutes, and unless we're traveling, and then that's back up to, we're just mad at each other in the theme park the whole time we're on vacation, which is the case. <laughs> you have to, we call it creating space. You have to call the timeout. I've seen you do it where you and Norma, that's what's fun about being around you guys married now 40 plus years. I see you have a difference uh, of opinion. About everything. About mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much everything. And he can do it in a matter of, a minute, 30 seconds. You can just see a click in his brain to go, oh, wait a second. It's not I, Norma. I think this is the greatest truth I've ever learned in my life. It came from my son, Dr. Greg Smalley, and all his research. But when he finally convinced me about five years ago to get off a of mom's case, stop trying to improve her so that you'll be happier, stop trying to change her, you know. And it took, it took him about a year to explain that to me because I thought, to myself, if I don't change her, I mean, I, I'm the closest one to her. Who, who's going to help her? Right. She's a pretty powerful, strong person, and her staff's not going to come to her. And so what friend is going to come to her? And what, what, Which one of her children's going to? So I thought, I'm it. I'm with her every day. I'm the one that sees these flaws. I'm the one that needs to work on her. That was such a fallacy. 
And that did affect our sexual frequency for years in the early time. We've been married almost 44 years. And so I tried this, but I finally bought into it, what Greg was telling me. And, and so four years ago, I s- took her to dinner and I asked her to forgive me for you know all the offensive attitudes and words I'd spoken over the years of trying to change her. That is the essence of safety and security in a marriage is when a ma- uh, the mate finally owns all of my emotions come from my own I'm in charge of those. I'm the manager of my own so that here's what's exciting. Let's summarize. The beliefs I have in my heart, well, that's what the scripture says, guard your heart above all else because out of your heart flows the wellspring of who you are. Well, I've finally discovered from scripture that our heart contains our beliefs. So I, I am the manager of my beliefs. What I think about all day long becomes my beliefs. So I manage myself. My emotions are my own I'm responsible, not her. She doesn't add or subtract from my own emotions. I used to blame her for them. And if she changed, then she'd be the solution. I don't do that anymore. That was a lie. And so when I got off her case, I watched her come more alive towards me than ever before. That was 38 years of marriage. Now it's almost 44. So, I mean, in fact, this would be a really interesting uh, uh, illustration. I used to criticize her because she didn't exercise with me and the way we both ate from time to time and of course those subjects always brought an argument really? and so no Seriously. and so uh, <laughs> yeah and uh, so anyway I got off her case about three years after I stopped trying to remake and be the Holy Spirit uh, my wife exercises every day watches mm. what she eats I mean this is like she and God did something and the friendship has just been amazingly closer because I'm off of her case. And, and when there is a friendship, one of the things that you guys say in your book, The Language of Sex, is that you know you stress that good communication is the key to great sex. Yes. Good communication and friendship. Tell me more about how communicating and great sex kind of work together. Well, I, what I like about that story Gary just shared is the number of guys who are sexually frustrated mm-hmm. who now are going to go like you went after Norma with exercise. They're going to go after their wives Mm -hmm. to get more sex, and they don't realize that the secret is in this communication. We like to use the illustration that men are microwaves, women are... Mm, Crockpots. Yeah, and so if you want to enjoy a nice meal at night, what do you do? You turn the crockpot on in the early morning, on low, and let it cook all day long. And so for me, what that means is when... When I leave the home in the morning, I give Amy... Gary's always said you need 12 non-sexual touches a day and so we call those nsts around our home and so i try to give amy several of those in the morning before we leave and it has to be the communication is listening to what they need in a touch because some guy might slap her you know yeah a high five her on the way out the door no it's yeah it's for my wife it's an embrace it's a kiss you know if she's very very busy on the cheek because she's you know going to do something but for for me i've learned it even with the communication throughout the day if I call her for no reason at all other than to connect, because that's what women are craving. They're craving connection, and that's mm-hmm. what the stuff best friendship's made of. So she's craving that connection. When I call at 10, 11 in the morning and just say, hey, just wanted to see how the morning's going. How are you doing? I've just moved the crock pot from low to medium. Mm-hmm. That has, whew, I mean, that has just, if I text her, love you, just thinking of you, on it, that a text message goes, oh. And so what guys don't get, you can either go right after sex Continue to blame your wife for not giving you enough of it and have a flat, 
destructive marriage, or you can begin to focus on the relational side of communication. Give give that information about how much communication and words to a woman means sexual satisfaction. Oh, well, the, just the oxytocin that's created in the brain throughout our studies on this book, The Language of Sex, it was amazing to me what a 20-minute conversation produces in a woman can be the same level of oxytocin in the brain as orgasm. And when I read that research, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> the key to communication is listening and understanding. It's almost like James 119, where quick to listen means slow listening until you understand. When a woman feels like you've understood, in fact, a man needs this connection as much as yeah. a woman does. So when we feel understood, even on the way here, the trip on the way here, I, in the car, we had an hour driving. I said, you know what I need today? I really need to be understood. Can I share my feelings with you? Now, initially, she said no. <laughs> that created that five-minute space we no, talked about she's but it. opened right up but but anyway <laughs> she's a character but when when i listen and i really understand and she understands that's really how you come to a win-win conclusion on converse, uh, any disagreement you have the moment you both understand each other's feelings you can go to a solution so much easier and the average man doesn't realize it doesn't take that long just to listen carefully you have to Ask 20 questions, you have to kind of probe in, but the moment you understand, whoa, that's when communication really takes place. You know, it's interesting that today we've talked really more about honor and communication and issues like that. Really, our topic's on, you know, the beauty of sexual intimacy, right. but it's not about technique. It's about communication. Yeah, exactly. It's about being all that God created you to be. Listen, you got to come back because we've got to keep talking about well, this. Well, we'd love it. We love it. Yeah, love being here. Wow. Great conversation today. Roger. Well, when you think about the topic of, of sexual intimacy, especially in marriage, I know that there are a lot of people who listen and they have questions. And uh, an important point, Jim, that you brought up is that uh, your conversation with uh, Gary Smalley and Ted Cunningham today here on the Homeward Broadcast is centered more on honor and integrity and uh, not so much on uh, the, just purely the physical aspects of it. This is an important topic, I know, uh, Jim, that a lot of uh, couples write to us about and they want your opinion on this. Uh, you talk about how it can happen, but it just takes some intentionality doesn't it? Well, it does. It's absolutely possible. But, you know, intimacy is a result of intentionality. And yeah. you never put the two words together. At least I don't a lot of times. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't put intimacy with intentionality because we want intimacy to be spontaneous. Sure. But I can't find very many people who are not intentional who have intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we're not just talking about sexuality here, but obviously that's been our conversation today. And yeah. I have a very good friend who's a pastor in Tennessee, and I've told this story before, and I love this story. It's in my book, Creating an Intimate Marriage. But I don't tell his name, of course, when I tell the story. <laughs> They're not going to want me to be blabbing this. Right. But they made a decision. They were telling me this at breakfast, pretty intimate conversation, that they made a decision to have physical intimacy on Wednesday nights. And why they chose Wednesday nights, Roger, I have no Anyone's idea. Guess, yeah. But for some reason, Wednesday night is this. Now, he's a Baptist pastor. He's in a church in Tennessee, and uh, they even have services on Wednesday night. Which, and then I'm saying, well, that even makes it more funny or complicated or whatever. I said, well, how, how does this work? Don't go into the details, but just explain to me why did you choose Wednesday and what or not. They said, well, we were wanting to have more intimate relationship, and we just felt like if we scheduled something, it would be better. And I said, so did it feel spontaneous? And they said, well, the first time, not so much. But from then on, we hardly even think about it in terms of it not being spontaneous. We just know that on Wednesday, we're going to spend a little more time with each other. And then they got teasing with me, and they said, you know, they'll wake up in the morning, and they'll say, it's Wednesday. <laughs> and then they'll maybe even send an email, it's Wednesday, right. just kind of reminding each other that it's, you know, it's Wednesday. It's something that they build up. Uh, as Dr. Smalley was talking about, you know, sex sometimes happens outside the bed. 
approval, right. even with an email that's not gross or anything. It just says sure. it's Wednesday, just announcing it. She actually told me, and I laughed like crazy at this, that she sometimes has whispered to him right before he gets up in the pulpit to speak on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, boy. It's Wednesday, honey. He's short. <laughs> and she said he was kind of long-winded pastor, but never long-winded on Wednesday night. Yeah. And then on Wednesday, they spend that extra time in preparation. They get their kids to bed. Maybe they light a candle. You know, this is not something that's not Christian. This is beautiful. This is wonderful. And they have some time together. It's a passionate display of their love for one another. And actually, I think, in reality, their love for God. You know, the Bible says that a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. They happen to do this on Wednesday. So I'm suggesting to people that if they don't have enough spontaneous physical intimacy, be intentional about it. That's my advice for the day. We'll get some letters, I'll bet. Roger? Well, if you're going to write to us, be sure to get our address properly. It's Homeward, Post Office Box 1600, San Juan Capistrano, California, where the swallows go, especially this time of year. The zip code 92693. You can also write me directly if you'd like to send an email off to send it to Roger, R-O-G-E-R, at Homeward, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D, dot com. And of course, you can also contact us through our website at Homeward.com. And now for Dr. Jim Burns, our engineer Ben Camp, and the rest of the staff, I'm Roger Mark. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to join us again next time right here for another edition of Homeward. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.